Story 12 of Lucy Maud Montgomery Short Stories, 1896-1901. to This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Jennings. Lucy Maud Montgomery Short Stories, 1896-1901 to by Lucy Maud Montgomery. The Jest That Failed I think it is simply a disgrace to have a person like that in our class said Edna Hayden in an injured tone. "'And she doesn't seem a bit ashamed of it, either,' said Agnes Walters. "'Rather proud of it, I should say,' returned her roommate, spitefully. "'It seems to me that if I were so poor that I had to room myself, and dress as dowdily as she does, that I really couldn't look anybody in the face. What must the boys think of her? And if it wasn't for her being in it, our class would be the smartest and dressiest in the college. Even those top-lofty senior girls admit that. It's a shame, said Agnes conclusively. But she needn't expect to associate with our set. I, for one, won't have anything to do with her. Nor I. I think it is time she should be taught her place. If we could only manage to inflict some decided snub on her, she might take the hint and give up trying to poke herself in where she doesn't belong. The idea of her consenting to be elected on the freshman executive. But she seems impervious to snubs. Edna, let's play a joke on her. It will serve her right. Let us send an invitation in somebody's name to the senior prom. The very thing. And sign Sidney Hill's name to it. He's the handsomest and richest fellow at Paisant, and belongs to one of the best families in town. And he's awfully fastidious besides. No doubt she will feel immensely flattered, and of course she'll accept. Just think how silly she'll feel when she finds out he never sent it. Let's write it now and send it at once. There's no time to lose, for the prom is on Thursday night. The freshman co-ads at Paisant College did not like Grace Seeley. That is to say, the majority of them. They were a decidedly snobbish class that year. No one could deny that Grace was clever, but she was poor, dressed very plainly, Dowdily, the girls said, and roomed herself, that phrase meaning that she rented a little unfurnished room and cooked her own meals over an oil stove. The senior prom, as it was called, was the annual reception which the senior class gave in the middle of every autumn term. It was the smartest and gayest of all the college functions, and a paysant co-ed who received an invitation to it counted herself fortunate. The senior girls were included as a matter of course, but a junior soft or freshy could not go unless one of the senior boys invited her. Grace Seeley was studying Greek in her tiny room that afternoon when the invitation was brought to her. It was scrupulously orthodox in appearance and form, and Grace never doubted that it was genuine, although she felt much surprised that Sidney Hill, the leader of his class and foremost figure in all college sports and societies, should have asked her to go with him to the senior prom. But she was girlishly pleased at the prospect. She was as fond of a good time as any other girl, and she had secretly wished very much that she could go to the brilliant and much-talked-about senior prom. Grace was quite unaware of her own unpopularity among her class co-eds, although she thought it was very hard to get acquainted with them. Without any false pride herself, and of a frank, independent nature, it never occurred to her that the other paysant freshies could look down on her because she was poor— or resent her presence among them because she dressed plainly. She straightway wrote a note of acceptance to Sidney Hill, and that young man naturally felt much mystified when he opened and read it in the college library next morning. Grace Seeley, he pondered. 
"'That's the jolly girl with the brown eyes that I met at the Philomathic the other night. "'She thanks me for my invitation to the senior prom, and accepts with pleasure. "'Why, I certainly never invited her or anyone else to go with me to the senior prom. "'There must be some mistake.' "'Grace passed him at this moment on her way to the Latin classroom. "'She bowed and smiled in a friendly fashion, and Sidney Hill felt decidedly uncomfortable. "'What was he to do?' He did not like to think of putting Miss Seeley in a false position because somebody had sent her an invitation in his name. "'I suppose it is some cad who has a spite at me that has done it,' he reflected. "'But if so, I'll spoil his game. I'll take Miss Seeley to the prom as if I had never intended doing anything else. She shan't be humiliated just because there is someone at Paisant who would stoop to that sort of thing.' So he walked up the hall with Grace and expressed his pleasure at her acceptance, and on the evening of the prom he sent her a bouquet of white carnations, whose spicy fragrance reminded her of her own little garden at home. Grace thought it was extremely nice of him, and dressed in a flutter of pleasant anticipation. Her gown was a very simple one of sheer white organdy, and was the only evening dress she had. She knew there would be many smarter dresses at the reception, but the knowledge did not disturb her sensible head in the least. She fingered the dainty white frills lovingly as she remembered the sunny summer days at home in the little sewing-room, where cherry boughs poked their blossoms in at the window, when her mother and sisters had helped her to make it, with laughing prophecies and speculations as to its first appearance. Into seam and puff and frill many girlish hopes and dreams had been sewn, and they all came back to Grace as she put it on, and helped to surround her with an atmosphere of happiness. When she was ready, she picked up her bouquet and looked herself over in the mirror, from the top of her curly head to the tips of her white shoes, with a little nod of satisfaction. Grace was not exactly pretty, but she had such a bright, happy face, and such merry brown eyes, and such a friendly smile, that she was very pleasant to look upon, and a great many people thought so that night. Grace had never in all her life before had so good a time as she had at that senior prom. The seniors were quick to discover her unaffected originality and charm, and everywhere she went she was the centre of a merry group. In short, Grace, as much to her own surprise as anyone's, found herself a social success. Presently Sidney brought his brother up to be introduced, and the latter said, "'Miss Seeley, will you excuse my asking if you have a brother or any relative named Max Seeley?' Grace nodded. "'Oh, yes, my brother Max. He is a doctor out west.' "'I was sure of it,' said Murray Hill triumphantly. "'You resemble him so strongly. "'Please don't consider me as a stranger a minute longer, "'for Max and I are like brothers. "'Indeed, I owe my life to him. "'Last summer I was out there on a surveying expedition, "'and I took typhoid in a little out-of-the-way place "'where a good nursing was not to be had for love or money. "'Your brother attended me, and he managed to pull me through. "'He never left me day or night till I was out of danger, "'and he worked like a Trojan for me.' "'Dear old Max,' said Grace, her brown eyes shining with pride and pleasure. "'That is so like him. He is such a dear brother, and I haven't seen him for four years. "'To see somebody who knows him so well is next best thing to seeing himself.' "'He is an awfully fine fellow,' said Mr. Hill heartily. "'And I'm delighted to have met the little sister he used to talk so much about. "'I want you to come over and meet my mother and sister.' They have heard me talk so much about Max that they think almost as much of him as I do, and they will be glad to meet his sister. Mrs. Hill, a handsome, dignified lady who was one of the chaperones of the prom, received Grace warmly, while Beatrice Hill, an extremely pretty, smartly gowned girl, made her feel at home immediately. 
"'You came with Sid, didn't you?' she whispered. "'Sid is so sly. He never tells us whom he is going to take anywhere. "'But when I saw you come in with him, I knew I was going to like you. You looked so jolly. "'And you're really the sister of that splendid Dr. Seeley who saved Marie's life last summer? "'And to think you've been at Paisant nearly a whole term, and we never knew it.' "'Well, how have you enjoyed our prom, Miss Seeley?' asked Sid, as they walked home together under the arching elms of the college campus. "'Oh, it was splendid,' said Grace enthusiastically. "'Everybody was so nice. And then to meet someone who could tell me so much about Max. I must write them home all about it before I sleep, just to calm my head a bit. Mother and the girls will be so interested. And I must send Lou and Mab a carnation a piece for their scrapbooks.' "'Give me one back, please,' said Sid. And Grace, with a little blush, did so. That night, while Grace was slipping the stems of her carnations and putting them into water, three little bits of conversation were being carried on, which it is necessary to report in order to round up this story neatly and properly, as all stories should be rounded up. In the first place, Beatrice Hill was saying to Sidney, "'Oh, Sid, that Miss Seeley you had at the prom is a lovely girl. I don't know when I've met anyone I liked so much. She was so jolly and friendly, and she didn't put on learned airs at all, as so many of those paysant girls do. I asked her all about herself, and she told me all about her mother and sisters and home and the lovely times they had together, and how hard they worked to send her to college, too, and how she taught school and vacations and roomed herself to help along. Isn't it so brave and plucky of her? I know we are going to be great friends.' "'I hope so,' said Sidney briefly, "'because I have an idea that she and I are going to be very good friends, too.' And Sidney went upstairs and put away a single white carnation very carefully. In the second place, Mrs. Hill was saying to her eldest son, "'I liked that Miss Seely very much. She seemed a very sweet girl.' And finally, Agnes Walters and Edna Hayden were discussing the matter in great mystification in their room. "'I can't understand it at all,' said Agnes slowly. "'Sid Hill took her to the prom, and he must have sent her those carnations, too. "'She could never have afforded them herself. "'And did you see the fuss his people made over her? "'I heard Beatrice telling her that she was coming to call on her tomorrow, "'and Mrs. Hill said she must look upon Beechlawn as her second home while she was at Paisant. "'If the Hills are going to take her up, we'll have to be nice to her.' "'I suppose,' said Edna conclusively, the truth of the matter is that Sid Hill meant to ask her anyway. I dare say he asked her long ago, and she would know our invitation was a fraud. So the joke is on ourselves, after all. But, as you and I know, that, with the exception of the last sentence, was not the truth of the matter at all. End of The Jest That Failed